so it's, it's been busy. I've had some events on my schedule for over a year that I, I don't, didn't want to have to cancel. So real, just for one day, I went to Kansas City. Uh, I just got back, and there I did a talk on the four last things, actually separate talks, on death, judgment, heaven, and hell. And so many people stated how they don't hear that very much anymore today from the pulpit, so it was a rewarding trip. I also got to see the body of Sister Wilhelmina, the nuns down at uh, north of Kansas City. This is where you may have seen the news of this sister. Uh, she was African-American, and she faced much um, adversity and ended up starting uh, a communion of cloistered sisters there north of Kansas City. And when she died four and a half years ago, she was buried in a simple pine box, which is how our priests and brothers are buried here at the Marian Fathers. And when they were lowering her body in the casket into the ground and they started to put the dirt on, the very thin cover to the coffin actually split. And the dirt filled basically her coffin. And so when she was laid to rest, there would be absolutely every, every scientific explanation that being there in the dirt, not hermetically sealed, not in a vault, but literally in the ground, and then the dirt even broke through the top and filled with dirt that she would have decomposed. Um, eaten by worms, if you will. But what they found when they went to move her body recently was anything to do with her consecrated life was perfectly intact. Now, the liner of the coffin was completely disintegrated, but her habit, which was made out of a poly wool, which would have been eaten by the insects, completely intact. Her brown scapular made of wool, which would have decomposed, perfectly intact. And her body, she still has her eyelashes. She still had her features on her face. And getting to see that um, was a blessing, a huge blessing, because what does that mean to be incorruptible? Well, we think that's God's sign that this body was ready for heaven. She was ready so when we look at the four last things, death, she went through that, judgment, she went through that, and she got to experience, we believe, heaven, because it appeared her body was ready. Why? Because in heaven, the spirit controls the body. In hell, the body controls the spirit. So as the Bible tells us in heaven, the spirit, the soul controls the body, or the spirit controls the body. But in hell, the flesh controls the spirit. And <clears throat> start practicing now. This was the message that I got in prayer. Practice now on earth to avoid hell, even, even avoid purgatory. And how we do that is to make sure that the spirit controls the flesh, that we are not having our, our flesh control our spirits. This is important because even if we're not perfect, purgatory is a chance to become perfect. Now, you know, I, I've talked to so many people. I've gotten so many letters. Every day I get, I get about 300 
emails, voicemails, texts, every day. I don't always get a chance to answer everyone, but I read every single one. It takes hours and hours each day. And so many times I get letters attacking the Catholic Church because purgatory means Jesus's work was not finished on the cross. No, purgatory is not for the forgiveness of sins. I have yet to meet one non-Catholic Christian, not one, who has understood that our doctrine of purgatory does not teach that it's for the forgiveness of sins. Purgatory is not for the forgiveness of sins. It is not. It is to atone for sins already forgiven. Jesus atoned on the cross to pay our penalty for sin. The penalty for sin is death. And Jesus atoned for that on the cross by giving his life. But Jesus, as he paid this penalty, which is death, did not release us from the consequences of our sins. This is the grace of purgatory. Thank God for purgatory. Or few of us would ever make it to heaven. You know, I, I use the example in my talk when I was there in Kansas City of uh, a broken person who goes into the confession. I, two of the most common confessions I hear are drugs and pornography. Okay, so I hear these confessed often. Let me give you an example. Let's suppose someone goes into the confessional and confesses the sins of drugs and pornography. Are they forgiven? Yes. But when they are still coming out of that confessional totally enslaved, totally that's all they think about. A person can be totally forgiven of drugs and alcohol and, and pornography in the confessional, but when they come up, they're still dominated by it. They're still enslaved to it. That's all they think about. Yes, I've been forgiven, but I, I can't stop thinking about it. It's all I want. It's all I crave. I crave that next drug. I crave that next view of pornography. I, I'm controlled by it. Am I ready for heaven? I've been forgiven. I've confessed my sin. I'm truly sorry. I don't want it. I hate it. That's the person who comes into the confessional. I've seen tears. I, I've seen the most brokenhearted. Father, I don't want this. And tears and sorrow, they are truly forgiven. But then they explain that they're still controlled by it. Their flesh is still controlling the spirit. They are, they are overwhelmed by it. That's all they think about. That's, they, they put it above God, and, and it becomes their God. They are not ready for heaven. Thank God for purgatory. Purgatory is to detach. This is what it is. This is, a, even if we are forgiven, we have to detach from the things causing us to sin. So purgatory is detox. It, it, and, and, and it also, purgatory doesn't stop there. Purgatory also helps release, release us from the consequences of our sins. Okay, do you think also that I murder somebody and I destroy the lives of their family? I kill somebody. I, I, I absolutely, utterly destroy the lives of the spouse, the children, 
the siblings and the parent of that person that I just killed. Now later I regret it, I'm sorry, I confess it. Am I forgiven? Yes. But don't you think that there's probably still some consequences? I just don't walk out of the confessional and nothing like nothing's ever happened. I'm forgiven in that confessional through the grace of God. But I still have consequences that I got to atone for. Atone not in the fact that Jesus didn't forgive me. He atoned by paying the debt for sin, which is death. But we also have to do our part. That's why Paul said in 1 Corinthians 24, I must provide what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ. I must give what is lacking in the suffering. What possibly could be lacking in the sufferings of Christ? Our atonement, our consequences, our sufferings. And so the purgatory is a place we do that. We have to, be, we have to pay the consequences because our sin, although forgiven, scars the body of Christ. And that doesn't come without payment. How do we repay for that? You could do it in purgatory, or you could do it in this life through penance, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. But we just read Jesus tell us here. Prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. So we can pay in purgatory, or we can pay on this earth. Well, Jesus paid it all. Yes, for the forgiveness of sins, not releasing you from all the consequences like nothing ever happened. I murder somebody and I destroy the lives of others. I just don't walk out of the confessional like nothing ever happened. I have wounded the body of Christ. And this is what I have yet to meet one non-Catholic who understands this teaching of the Catholic Church. Because if you did, you would accept purgatory and you would become Catholic. And so purgatory is even more than that. It's preparation. What is heaven? The Bible tells us it's the great wedding feast. What does any bride do before she meets her groom on the day of the wedding? She doesn't even want to see him until what? She's prepared, beautiful, spotless, hair done, makeup on, eyelashes, perfect white gown. Is she full of stain? No. Does she have a big stain on her wedding garment? No. So purgatory is also the waiting room where we get cleansed, where we get prepared because we're the bride. And then we are, we are prepared like the bride before her wedding so that when she meets her groom, she looks beautiful. Thank God for purgatory. So this is where the gospel comes in today. If you want to skip that, you want to avoid that, Mother uh, Angelica used to tell us all the time, Father Benedict Rochelle says, don't aim for purgatory, you might miss. <laughs> Try in this world to detach so that you don't have to detach after death. Try in this world to pay for your consequences by penance so that way you don't have to do it after your death. Try in this world to get ready to meet your groom so that you don't have to do it afterwards. Thank God for purgatory, but it is not for the forgiveness of sins. You die in an unrepentant state of mortal sin, you are lost. But through the grace of God, if we are imperfect, purgatory can help us. Well, one of the big things in purgatory, as I said, is those consequences to sin. But we in this life 
can, can, can atone for that. Not atone for the penalty for sin. Only Jesus did that on the cross. Atone for the consequences after Jesus paid the penalty for sin. So to avoid purgatory, we can start on this earth. Why we're here, detach. What are two of the big seven deadly sins? Gluttony, so we can detach from food. And greed, so we can detach from things. Now, fast to detach from food. This helps us with the sin of gluttony. And almsgiving, giving things away, help us detach from things. This is the sin of greed. So God, Jesus is telling us, we are starting with the body to free the soul. That's what we are doing. We can become so attached to the world that things become our gods, such as alcohol or pornography. And so we detach from these small g gods. And Jesus gives us the way to do it. Prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Ironically, fasting and almsgiving can help us become full and satisfied even though we deny ourselves things. What do we mean? Well, fasting can actually help us become full, not hungry. Wow, Father, that sounds weird. And almsgiving can help us be satisfied through lack. Father, how do you explain that? Okay, because God alone, not the things of this world, can only satisfy the deep hungers of man's soul. Your soul is much hungrier than your body. And if you don't feed it the Eucharist, if you don't feed it with God, you are truly hungry. Detachment on earth is practice for how it will be in heaven where we hunger only for God. Only for God. We are called by the scriptures to keep the great commandments. What are the great commandments? God first, neighbor second, and ourselves a deep third. If we don't pray, we don't give God his first slot that he is due. If we don't alms give, we don't give our neighbor what they're due. And if we don't fast, we're focusing on ourselves. Prayer, fasting, and alms giving are the perfect way to keep the commandments. Because we put God first through prayer, neighbor next through alms giving, and we deny ourselves in fasting. This is amazing. Fasting to detach from ourselves, almsgiving to focus on others, and prayer to bring it all to God. Now, don't do it for the wrong reasons. You've heard me say we don't fast just to lose weight. I mean, you can, but that shouldn't be your focus. We don't pray for our will to be done. We pray for the grace and perseverance to accept God's will. That's what you're supposed to pray for. Not that, Father, I need this, I want that. But, Father, when this or that is your will and it happens to me, give me the grace to accept it. All right? And don't give alms to be recognized. Jesus just told you you've already got your recognition already. If you, if you do it to be seen, then your recognition is only here on earth. Do it in private so that you get the recognition in heaven. This is beautiful. 
And then finally, don't become like the Pharisees. Don't be like that. We don't want to make a big deal about things, telling everybody how self-righteous we are. No. You know, I told the story before when I was in seminary, a couple of us brothers of the Marian fathers went to see a beautiful family who helped support our Marian ministry. And God bless them. They didn't really, I guess, understand that in the Catholic Church, not eating meat is not just Fridays in Lent. It's supposed to be every Friday. We're not supposed to eat meat. Abstinence from meat is really every Friday. Now, outside of Lent, the church does teach in the United States that you can eat meat, but then you have to replace it with another form of penance. So many people don't realize that. So we Marians, we do not eat meat on any Friday of the year, unless it's a solemnity. So we went to a house of this beautiful family, and they made a beautiful burgers and chicken and stuff on the grill and a steak. And the one brother made this great big deal that he can't eat it because we don't eat meat on Friday. And he made this great big deal about it. And, the, and, the, and the, the host was mortified. The host was absolutely embarrassed. That's not charity. You are to eat that. You are not to be the self-righteous Pharisee that says, look how holy I am. You're eating that hamburger, not me. No, that's not what we're called to do. It's more humble to accept that food that was placed in front of you in public, then you are to make a big deal about it, that you are in a self-righteous mode or not going to touch it. And so don't lose the purpose of fasting either. I've told the story before where we were making images one late one night, and it was a Friday, and we were making images. Some brothers and I were downstairs, and we're stapling and making the canvas and stapling the images. And I would have quit around 11.30. I was tired and I still had some work to do. But I decided to work till midnight because I was starving. And I figure if I can make it to midnight, I can go gluttony on that big lasagna that was left in the refrigerator. And so I'm only working so that I can keep my mind occupied to 12.01. And then 12.01, I get out the plate and the microwave and make this big thing of lasagna and wolf it down at 12.01. That's really missing the point. It really was missing the point of fasting. I wasn't supposed to be looking at the clock and only working to keep myself occupied until the clock strikes midnight and then gorge. That's not the purpose. So we have to look at the real understanding here. You know, we talk about uh, the point, and I want to finish with this because it's beautiful. We all know about uh, the forgiveness of sins and punishment. That's what Jesus did in the, in the cross. He forgave our sins. You receive that grace in the confessional. And then the punishment is also left, not the eternal punishment due to sin, uh, sin as in hell, that's gone, but the temporal punishment is due. And after you come out of the confessional, you may owe temporal punishment to God. And that's what purgatory helps do. But you know in this earth you can wipe away that punishment. You can do a plenary indulgence or divine mercy Sunday. Notice both require confession. 
They are forgiveness of the punishment for sins already confessed and forgiven. Now here's what's beautiful. Plenary indulgences are very hard to get because you can have no attachment to sin. Well, that's the whole reason I'm in the confessional for most people. And Divine Mercy Sunday is beautiful because you're forgiven a sin and punishment, but that only happens once a year. Do you know church teaching that if you pray, fast, and almsgiving, do almsgiving with perfect love, so you're praying to God for his will, not your will, you're fasting for the detachment and the paying the consequences of your sins, and you alms give to love your neighbor more than yourself. If you do that out of perfect love, not recognition, you too are forgiven of not only the sin, but all the punishment. So if you want a little mini Divine Mercy Sunday today, you can pray, fast, and alms give, but you got to have perfect love, absolute perfect love. If you do it, you will be forgiven not only the sin, but all the purgatory time and the consequences because of it. I say, well, I'm yet not able to do it in perfect love. I still have too many faults. I can certainly strive, strive for it, little better, little bit each day, so that by the end of your life, it's not so hard to detach. You've already been practicing it on this earth. And that's why at my talk in Kansas City this weekend, I said during the talk on death, Fulton Sheen once said, the reason so many people are afraid of death is we've never practiced for it. If we practice on this earth to give everything up, we won't be afraid at death to give it all back to God. What a beautiful concept. And it's all right here in the words of Christ. Hello, I'm Father Thaddeus Langton of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception, and I'm excited to let you know about my new podcast with Father Timothy Childers called Keeping It Marian. To access the podcast, simply visit divinemercyplus.org or search Keeping It Marian on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or on whatever podcast platform you prefer. I want to share with you the riches of the charism of the Marian Fathers, which is the mystery of the Immaculate Conception, how it touches our lives as consecrated priests and religious, and how this mystery can bear fruit in your life, especially by keeping the Word of God and pondering it in our hearts in imitation of our Blessed Mother. I hope you'll join us. Again, it's called Keeping It Marian. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? 
Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.